hosted on dimlywit.com. I'm Alex. And I'm Tina. And this is Obsessed Obsessed with the Best. We're two New York City gals who are bringing you the best of the best of all things beauty, wellness, and inspirational women. We've tried it all and can't wait to tell you what's worth obsessing over. Join us each week as we share our favorite products and trends and chat with leading female founders and experts. Welcome to Obsessed Obsessed with with the Best with with Alex and Tina. Tina. Angie Pontani is a burlesque dancer, choreographer, and producer. She has been named the Italian Stallionette and crowned Miss Exotic World by the Burlesque Hall of Fame. She is a friend and frequent collaborator of the one and only Lady Gaga, and she's also worked with Donatella Versace, Snoop Dogg, and 50 Cent, and was featured in Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett's great performances special shot at Lincoln Center, as well as in the cover art for their Grammy Award-winning album, Cheek to Cheek. She is the co-producer of the New York City Burlesque Festival and has been shot by the famous photographer Stephen Mizell and graced the cover of magazines like CR Fashion Book, Page Six, and Glamour. Angie loves to share her Italian family recipes on Instagram as well as on her blog, and she lives in Brooklyn with her husband and band leader Brian Newman and their adorable daughter, Cecilia. So please welcome Angie. <laughs> okay, so Angie, I have to like say I'm fangirling a little bit because I've been following you on Instagram for a while and I have to give a shout out to one of my best friends from home, Alexis, because she's like your biggest fan. Oh, yes. And <laughs> so hi, Alexis. So a few years ago, she was like, Alex, if you're not following this girl, like you have to be right now. She's going to be your biggest inspiration. Like she's Italian. She has big curly hair. She's a dancer. Like you're not even going to believe. So started following you, but I feel like there's a, I may have seen you at the slipper room back in the day, like before I started following you on Instagram. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. That's definitely a possibility. Okay. Love that. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to just like drop into the world. Can you explain what is burlesque for someone who has no idea? Yeah, for sure. I mean, at its core, burlesque is a form of the theatrical arts and distinctively American. Uh, historically, it was brought to the U.S. in the late 1800s by Lydia Thompson and her British blondes, which were performing spectacle of ladies that would get on stage and do Shakespeare in tights. And they came to New York and they performed and just everybody went bonkers. It was essentially an excuse by these women who were trained ballerinas in that time to kind of like show off their legs and they were wearing tights and everybody was freaking out and they were doing comedy because they were doing these Shakespearean plays and this satire and this irony. So we fast forward, like Americans get a hold of it and we turn it into this spectacular that brings to mind names like Tempest Storm and Dixie Evans and Blaze Star, this larger than life, like dramatized female form, you know, just on display in all of its untouchable glory. But on the same time of kind of creating this beautiful imagery of like this supersized female form, burlesque retains its sense of irony and its kind of sense of theatricality and taking all these things that you perceive as a norm and turning it on its ear. So in essence, it's retained its ability to laugh at itself. And this is me just speed history lesson here. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Yes. But you know, it, it kind of, it's a celebration of it it was a celebration of this female form and over the years it has evolved into this its own genre of performance that includes so much diversity in terms of where it's performed at in terms of the people who are performing it and in terms of the style that it's being performed in I think it now and then served as like a reclamation of you know 
taking control of your own persona, putting it on stage you want to, in the way that you want it to be perceived and people just responding to it in a great way because it just has this amazing pure energy about it, if that makes sense. <laughs> it totally that makes sense. <laughs> and I feel like that's the thing people lose if you haven't seen it in real life. Like people understand there's a sense of humor yeah. about it and the people performing have a sense of humor about themselves. Like it's fun. It's not so serious. Yes, it definitely disarms you. I think people who aren't really aware of what a burlesque show is, sometimes they're scared to go to it. You know, it's it's like you don't know what you're going to encounter. You're a little bit uncomfortable. You know, people in a sense uh, tend to be uncomfortable about their sexuality in, in certain certain people, you know, so they're afraid of what it might be. But then when you get there, it's just instantly disarming because as my dear friend, Murray Hill always says, there's no fourth wall. We couldn't afford it, you know? So <laughs> it's like the audience is part of the show and it's the wheel that helps drive it. And by seeing these shows, you just kind of lose all this uptight energy that you have. Like, who cares? We've all got boobs. We've all got butts. Shake them. You're not going to be able to do it for so long. (laughs) And it's truly like any other art form out there, any other show that you're going to see. And like you said, it is that pure energy, that pure fun. And I've every burlesque show I've been to, it's been a I've seen a different style, a different body type, a different woman, a different type of thing up there every single time. And it's so inclusive and diverse Mm -hmm. and beautiful. And I've never been to a show that I haven't left just like my face hurts from smiling and feeling so good afterwards. And it's, it's really amazing too, because when you look at it through the history of time, and I've been in burlesque for over 20 years, so I've been around through so many phases of it. And when it first started in the nineties, you know, it was um, mostly women performing it. And it was, there was, it was still very um, edgy in the sense of you had these shows happening downtown with like Bonnie Dunn doing like these wild and crazy off the wall things. And the slipper room came up in the mid nineties and you have a show where I started in called Dutch Wiseman's that was a very traditional review. It was essentially like a a recreation of a Ziegfeld Follies with showgirls and dancing and kick lines and solo striptease and singers. Um, And you had a couple of uh, like the boylesque acts like Tigger was around at that time. The evil hate monkey came not soon after. Um, So, and I felt at that point, like in the nineties when it was coming back, it was almost in a backlash to this feminism that had kind of this narrative had taken over of like, well, if you ladies, you want to be in business, you need to put on a business suit, you need to get out there, you have to abandon your cleavage if you want to succeed in the world. So, and it was also the time where it was like, the models were super thin and this airbrushing just started to get super bananas. And I felt like downtown kind of took that And we were like, I can be any kind of feminist that I want to be. Watch me take power and authority over my own body and spin these tassels all up in your face. If you agree with that, if you're okay with it. (laughs) If you you consent. If you consent. Um, And I think that that it then turned into that movement. Whereas in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, it was more of a vehicle to women actually having big jobs and big paychecks. And that was them claiming their power. Here, it was us kind of saying, oh, the paychecks are smaller now, but the social message is great. And it's changed, you know, through every decade. It's amazing to see what it's grown to be. What is your journey with burlesque? What was your first exposure to it? You're, you're a dancer. What was your, what drew you to burlesque? And how did you get started? What was your first sort of experience with it? Well, my first experience was I was working at a barista at a cafe um, downtown and a gentleman that I was working with was a dancer as well. And he said, 
you know, Angie, you've got to come and audition for this show, Dutch Wiseman's. It was probably like 94, 95. And I was like 17. It was ridiculous. And I was like, okay, I'll go. So I went to go see this show and I had never heard the word burlesque before. I did not know anything about anything. They didn't know. I knew who Betty Page was just from the imagery. So I went to go see this show. It was a totally illegal show. It was so New York. It was like on the second floor of this apartment building in Chelsea and they had turned it into a nightclub. It was insane. And I went in and it was just like, my mind was blown because this is what I felt that showbiz was. I grew up like my dad loves them damn Technicolor musicals and, you know, Rita Hayworth and Carmen Miranda. And he would make me sit with him and watch all of this. So this was my ingrained vision of glamour. So when I walked into that room, that's what it was. It was like a scene on a Gilda. Like the waitress had a champagne tower, like literally a headdress on her head. There was like this big Italian guy at the door with a fedora that did not seem like he was at a costume party, you know, like it was so amazing. And I walked through that door and it changed my life. I got the job and I started dancing with them. um, And that was it. I I had a little bitty taste and I, I never left. And you're like off to the races. Yes, absolutely. Off to the races from there. And that, you know, it was really fortunate for me because that was the beginning of the neo burlesque movement in New York. And I was able to start off with that show where I learned so much because it was it was and will remain, I believe, really do it yourself. And they did everything there. They wrote the show. They, you know, uh, had a choreographer. They had a beautiful costume designer like and it was It was superb. To this day, I say it was one of the best, most thought out shows that I've ever been in. Hearing that remind, like, it's why we all come to New York, like that kind of show and that sort of space. It's like that is the quintessential idea of what we all have about New York and Oh, it was. It was. And it was amazing. And, you know, I was I was a child. I was literally I think I was 17 when I got that. And um, I remember like I was I've always been like it's not naive, but I get really excited about what I do. And when I got that gig, I was like, mom, dad, you have to come to the show. And they, my parents came. And in retrospect, I'm like, oh, my Lord. Like, <laughs> I brought them to, like, this illegal show in an apartment. And they're like, where I'm, oh, like, my God. getting into, like, striptease. And I'm like, look, mom. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> they smiled. They loved it. My mom smiled. check a couple times. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the do-it-yourself thing, can you tell us about the process? Like, how does it go from a seed of an idea to the costumes, to the rehearsal, to the performance? Like, what is your process like? You know, it can be a bumpy ride at times. I find the way that my process works best is if I find a song and that song will inspire the costume and then that inspires the choreography. And for me to truly create a new um act it takes about six months from start to finish uh, to get the costume done to edit my music how I want my music edited and ultimately to do the choreography because you know you create this choreography in your mind and then when you get your costume and your shoes and you put all the elements together you're like what were you thinking like you can't even walk you know so then you have to redo everything (laughs) to form around the costume And then I take it out on stage. And even from that point, I have to change it because everything changes once you get it on stage and stages are so different and you have to get really comfortable with it. So I always say it takes me about six months to really create something that lasts for me. But, you know, it doesn't always work that way. Like I'm having a costume made right now. 
and I have no idea what I'm going to dance to. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> and do you have, a, are you collaborating with um, a director or anybody outside of yourself to make this all happen? No, essentially the only collaboration I do is with my costume designers. Um, and, and that's really it. And that's, you know, one of the things that I love about burlesque as well. It's like when I did first move to New York, I wanted to be a dancer, a singer, an actress. And I was going on all these auditions you know, I did good. I, I got roles and stuff, but I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to be her. I would never wear that. Or like, I don't want to dance in a basic black unitard. Like I was like, I know what I want. There's really only one role that I want. And that's just like a more fabulous version of me. So burlesque enables you to create the way that you want to be portrayed and control all those elements around it, you know? And it's like, I, I think I do, I, I'm wrong when I say I don't collaborate with people because I do. When I think through the whole process, it's like, you know, yes, of course I work with my costume designers, but when you get to the space as well, it's always good to have a basic knowledge of your lights so that you can work with the lighting director, or whoever is running the lights, because you have to think about the full image. And that's a big part of that image as well. So. And will you like film your rehearsals and watch back or how are you getting your? Yes, I film my rehearsals. I watch them back. And actually my dear friend, the main attraction is a burlesque dancer as well. So I'll send her this and I'll be like, am I pulling that off or do I look crazy? And she'll tell me honestly, <laughs> but and yeah, I do record it. You're choreographing everything yourself. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Mm -hmm. And like Wild. one of the things in burlesque too is like, I'm not a huge believer in choreograph like choreographing every five, six, seven, eight. Like I, I like to have what I call like landmarks within the song. So I'll say, okay, I can do whatever I want here. But when I get here, this is that bump. This is that grind. This is where this comes off. You know, this is the way this goes. Or if you're doing like boa tricks or some fan work, like that's more choreographed as well. But I always like to keep it a little bit loose so that you can interact with the audience. So you can move around the different stages and feel the spaces, or if you're doing a floor show to move around the floor, it's like, you know, that organic nature of burlesque does not want to be, you know, sealed in every five, six, seven, eight. She wants to be free, you know, and right. that's why she's fun because anything can happen. And that's also why my favorite thing to do of all time is to work with a band because you have no restrictions. You can just go out there and, and, and do whatever you want. And that's my absolute right. Favorite. And you know, they'll be there for you. They'll Absolutely. be with you. Yeah. And they'll follow you in a great band will follow you they'll know where your bumps are coming the drummer will see you winding up you know and they'll they'll ride that train with you right do you have is there an insane costume malfunction story or is there has there been anything crazy that's happened to you in the moment on stage where the costume part goes awry yeah I've had several I mean it's like it's it's part of the part of the jam but I always say like my worst costume malfunction was what I call my reverse Janet Jackson and I was um doing a show and this is like there's no way out when this happens, when most corsets have a ribbon or some kind of rope that ties in the back. Um, my gowns have metal zippers that typically go down the back. If your zipper gets stuck in the corset ribbon, you're just done. There's no, there's no mm -hmm. hope for you. Like oh, it's God. over. <laughs> it's over. So that happened to me once. Um, I, I did my whole zipper got stuck and you're just on stage with it halfway off your body oh, and you just can't because it, the, the the ribbon is stuck in the zipper head so it's it's pretty devastating so I was probably did like I was with a band the number ended up being like 10 minutes I was able to stick my hands in and undo the busking in the front and then wiggle out of it and it was it was not cute but I did it did the crowd 
go wild though oh, after yeah. you finally got it off? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. You know, and then I've had other things happen where, like, you know, if the step is too big to get to the stage, maybe it puts too much stress on my like snap-on underwear, and they just fall right off. Like, there's things <laughs> like that. It's always something, but that's why I say too, like, when you get a new costume, it still takes so much time because you have to get used to it and you have to figure it out. It's almost it out. like having a partner on stage. Oh, like there's yeah. another whole other thing on stage that you have to worry about I, I always say like you have to, I have to get to know this costume you've yeah. got to get to know it and it's definitely true so then what happens when okay you're feeling your best self everything's going great you've got the costume but then you get your period like yeah. and you're bloated and you're bleeding like what do you do mm-hmm. how do you how do your costumes work how do you deal with that and cry and roll around the floor <laughs> a little bit you okay, know good. so just like us good <laughs> you know I have my full mental shutdown because obviously it happens um and you know it is terrible too because you know obviously I get very bloated and your costumes are made to fit to a T. So mm-hmm. anything else adds that pressure and it can cause these malfunctions. You just don't feel comfortable. But something that I've learned through over 20 years of performing, and it makes me both sad and happy, is when I go out there and I'll come off stage and you know I'll be like, man, I was just terrible. I feel bloated. I feel miserable. I have cramps. And my husband or a friend in the audience will be like, I didn't notice anything different at all. So I think you just reach this point where you can pretty much, you know, sell it. And that's my job. So I guess that's good that I'm doing it. But yeah, there are days where you just feel terrible, you know, but then you look back at a picture and you're like, oh, I look exactly the same. I look happy. Like, why did I get in my head? That's the hardest part. Right. And no one else critics. is thinking about that. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. No one else yeah. is thinking about it yeah. besides you. Exactly. Exactly. You've had a, such a crazy long career in this. Are there some, I'm sure you have a million career highlights, but are there a few that you look back on and you're like, that was the most fun? Yeah, there are so many. I mean, you know, it's, and I, I'm not belittling any of the amazingness that I've been able to do, but like my favorite memories are after a show when the whole cast would go back to an Airbnb or something and I would make like cacio e pepe at like three o'clock in the morning and we're all sitting around in our pajamas, drinking wine yes. and eating pasta. You know, th- those are the moments that, you know, especially after the past couple of years, I'm like, oh, I should have cherished those more. Um, But I think some of my favorite performance moments, and I clearly have to highlight this, was um, I think it was 2014 that uh, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett did the PBS special Cheek to Cheek at Lincoln Center. And they called me and they were like, we want you to dance in the show and we want you to bring like four of your or three of your burlesque best friends to do it as well. And that was just so iconic. I mean, we were on stage with this, I don't even know, a bajillion piece orchestra in Lincoln Center with Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett and my husband and his guys and Chris Body and, and with burlesque performers. And it was epic. You know, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, it was I unbelievable. can't even imagine. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really amazing to be able to bring dancers from this art to that art and have it so seamlessly and beautifully uh, work together. That was really fun. So, okay, we have to ask, 
We know that Lady Gaga has now become a, a close friend and a colleague of yours. What's it like? What's she like? She's amazing. She's, uh, I really, you know, she's a, a lovely person, but she's just so inspiring because she works mm -hmm. so hard and she always finds, finds that grit and finds that energy to make it happen. And I really, like, I really think of her as a source of inspiration. She's amazing. That's awesome. I'm obsessed with her. I mean, she, I <laughs> she's see, you see it. With. Yeah. yeah, you see it. Tina and I are both singers. And, you know, she I also have a friend that went to school with her at NYU. And like, this is what everyone says about her yeah. is like, she's just the hardest worker. And you can see that. So cool. And she has that Italian American girl energy. Yes, you know? exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay, so your husband, you collaborate and work with your husband a ton. He's a musician. What is that like to work with your husband so much, to perform with your husband so much? It's amazing. You know, I mean, of course, we're married, so it has an ups and downs. <laughs> of course. You know, Brian, he is such a phenomenal musician and his band is so amazing. And I have no greater joy than when we're performing together. Like I always tell him, like, I, I can't play anything I have tried I tried to play piano I tried to play the guitar I have no musical talent like I can't even sing in key I can remember the words to every song that I ever hear but I cannot sing so <laughs> when I play with the band and you know I've been playing with them for so long now I literally feel like I'm a member of the band because we understand each other like I can look at any of them at any given time and they know what I'm going to do you know and I'm so comfortable with them that I have the confidence to do whatever I want but you know Brian and I when, when we perform together it's just it's 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 the best of the best. It's just we're on the best ride together. We get up on in Vegas and our show in Vegas, we have this long runway and I'll climb up the stairs and go up the runway and he'll follow me with the trumpet. You know, I'll take off my costumes and, you know, he'll catch them. It's it's and it's really funny because talk about costume malfunction. Some of my bottoms have magnet closures and at one show it got stuck to his trumpet and he had like he couldn't figure out like why can't I get these underwear off my trumpet? <laughs> what? <laughs> that is amazing. Really strong. And it was just funny because he would take it off and it would snap back on take it off snap <laughs> back on but it, it's amazing it, it's it's really it, it's a dream come true and I love working with him if you know Tina and I you know that we love therapy we honestly don't even know how we would have gotten through the last two years without our weekly therapy sessions better help offers easy, affordable, and convenient access to therapy. First of all, you don't even have to do any of the research, which can be the hardest part because they do that work for you. They will literally match you with a therapist in under 48 hours. Second, you don't even have to leave your home because BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat sessions. Honestly, it's always a good time to invest in yourself and in your mental health, so give it a try and see for yourself why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. We have a special offer just for our obsessed listeners for 10% off your first month of professional virtual therapy go to betterhelp.com obsessed that's better h-e-l-p.com obsessed thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast this episode is brought to you by pete's few things start your day better than a good coffee that's why Pete's hand roast their coffee from a specific selection of high-quality beans. And they don't just put those beans into anyone's hands. Pete's trains their roasters for 10,000 hours so they can master the roast that gives you the most. Pete's Coffee. Coffee for coffee people. Find Pete's online or at your local retailer. 
From 20th Century Studios and New Regency, The Creator, only in theaters September 29th. Like it or not, humankind will end. We should never have let AI out of the box. From the director of Rogue One. Did you locate the weapon? This can't be right. She's just a kid. My name is Alfie. You're my friend? She dies with the rest of them. I can't do that. The Creator. Experience the movie event only in theaters September 29th. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Get tickets now. We are sponsored by Ombre Lab. Are you struggling with bloating, moodiness, constipation, or weight gain, and you just can't figure out why? Well, the answer could literally be in your gut. Your gut contains trillions of bacteria, both good and bad. And when your body doesn't have enough of the good bacteria, the bad bacteria flourishes. When this happens, it can cause all kinds of symptoms. Ombre Labs makes it really easy to check on your gut health by offering an at-home test that can measure your bacteria levels. The test will ship right to your door with easy to follow instructions, and then when you get your results, they'll give you a detailed breakdown of your gut bacteria, let you know what foods to eat more or less of, plus you can get personalized probiotics to heal your gut with a subscription. I've done the test myself, and personally, it was the easiest thing ever. No doctor's appointments, no scheduling when you can get to the office, they send everything right to you, and then you just pop it back into the mail and you get your results. So if you want to start feeling better, visit tryombre.com obsessed to get $30 off of your test. That's T-R-Y-O-M-B-R-E dot com slash obsessed for $30 off. Thank you to Ombre Labs for sponsoring this podcast. You're also a mama. Yes. And how, what is that like having, having a, raising a child in show business while you're in show business? And what are the, what are some challenges? What do you love about it? There's a lot of challenges. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. (laughs) It can be brutal um, because I, you know, I grew up with a mom and a grandmom and, and that was always there, you know, they're always there. And that's the mom that I want to be. And I leave her sometimes for a couple of days and I literally get on the plane and I cry. Like I can't stand leaving her. It destroys me. And I don't ever want her to be like, my mom left me for three weeks, which I would never do. I go for like five days max, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. it creates for me a lot of back and forth, especially now because she's in school. So it's like, we can't, before she was in school, I took her to Italy with me. We went on tour for a month. She would come with me to Canada. I'm lucky that my parents or my in-laws or my cousins, I can always find somebody to come with us. Um, but it's, it's really hard. And as she gets older, it gets easier in some respects, but it also gets more challenging in others because now she's creating her own life. And I want her to be able to have that and be here for that. So it's definitely a challenge. It's it's I look at pink and I'm like pink you are you have got it together look at you like (laughs) because it's really hard I want to cherish every moment and be here for that so generally I make myself insane just balancing it all oh I can't even imagine and has she seen your show oh yeah she has oh that's so cool (laughs) that's so cool does she love it oh yeah she um she'll come with us to Vegas most of the time if if she's off from school or if I'm running it back for a weekend and uh she had been asking to come for a while and I was always like no, I mean, you know, with my career, with what I do and having a child, I was always like, okay, I'm not going to like hide what I do from her, but I'm also not going to be obnoxious and be like, these are pasties. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm, not, I'm like, you know, she's just going to figure it out on her own, just like everything else. And, and I've just been very casual about it. Um, so the first time she came out to Vegas with me, we went and watched the show and Kwani Coconuts, cause we had just arrived very late. And so we had Kwani Coconuts was dancing that night. And 
and she's beautiful. And we went to go see the show and sis just looked at her like she was the most beautiful thing that ever happened. And then we went backstage and sissy sat in her lap and she put her headdress on her and she was just, she asked me no questions about anything you know she just loves it she loves being there she loves seeing the singers she loves watching the showgirls you know she's and now she just tells everybody my mommy's a showgirl yes is she interested in dancing or anything is she showing really okay she's showing that kind of glimmer of like ooh, this might be fun it's no glimmer it's a total (laughs) on i know i was like babe listen pediatrician come on come on (laughs) yes accountant come on come on no she loves dancing she loves singing she's playing the piano by herself she can figure out she started to play the other day and she was playing um somewhere over the rainbow and she just figured it out on her own so and she's an amazing artist like she's just yeah we had our parent teacher conference and they were just like so, you know, your daughter is very artistically gifted, right? And we were like, yes, we know. Yes. <laughs> like, it's happening. We all know it's happening. I know, I know. But she, she loves it. She loves it all. Oh, my God. That's awesome. What was it like at the beginning? So, like, what was it like when you had were recovering from childbirth, like, from that to the journey to getting back on stage again? Like, did you feel pressure? Did you, how, how did that go for you? Well, the most pressure that I feel and it's constant is from myself. Right. And, um, when I was pregnant, I first, I love working so much and especially pre sis, I was touring constantly. I was traveling, I was in and out and I loved doing that. Um, when I was pregnant, I said, you know what, I'm going to have her. I'm going to go back to work like two months later. I'm going to give myself two months and then I'm just going to ease back into it. Um, I worked almost up to the point that I had her was hilarious. (laughs) And then after I had her, I just, I got my ass kicked. I was like, Whoa, I had no idea how exhausting sleep deprivation actually is. Um, how, uh, nursing is so beautiful, but also very taxing. It's kind of like, nobody tells you like, Hey, your boobs are going to start squirting every three hours. So keep that in mind, you know? Yeah. Um, keep that in mind. So yeah, talk about costume malfunction. Oh, I mean, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, I was fairly good about, I didn't really gain a lot of weight when I was pregnant. I, I stayed active throughout the whole thing and I, I didn't really gain much weight, but my boobs were huge they were i mean they were insane so i barely fit into any of my costumes so they were all snapping off and when i did go back to work i felt terrible i was exhausted i mean sis my daughter has never been a good sleeper but when she was a newborn it was constant constant so i would go to sleep at seven wake up at 11, go back to sleep at one, wake up at three, go back to sleep at four, wake up at five. And that was it. So like going to work after having a night like that was just misery. And I'd be in the dressing room nursing. Um, so after I finished those commitments that I'd made before I had her, when my brain had no idea what it was getting into, I lightened up for a while. Um, and it's very challenging. I mean, motherhood is beautiful and amazing, but there's always a part of you that misses your previous life. But I think life is about evolving through phases of life. You make it work. Like what you want, you make it work. So I didn't really start going back to work again until she was two. Like I did a couple of things here and there, but I didn't have the energy to put into performing at the level that I want it to be. Like I couldn't fit in my costumes that I really wanted to wear. You know, I, I couldn't, practice. I couldn't feel really secure in my performance because I couldn't give my performance the attention that I was used to giving it. So I did. I lightened up for a while. And then I went back when she got a little older and 
you know, it's, it's still challenging. Like my husband travels a lot. And so what will happen is that I'm home and I'll have to travel, but then I have her alone and our psychotic dog. And I have to balance all of that while getting ready, packing for two people, figuring everything out. It's, it's a lot, but you make time and you make it work for what you want to. It's just about adjusting those expectations. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's so inspiring for people to hear because you have some very, un- and because it is hard, but you're still doing it. And you have some very unique challenges because it's not like, oh my God, you can be exhausted and just roll up to your desk job. It's like, you are, you're an athlete basically, and your job yeah. is so physical. So I can't even imagine it requires so much sleep and strength. So it's just wild. It's so inspiring that you jumped back on that you're still doing it. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of my friends, like, you know, I'll be doing the preamble to, you know, going to Vegas for a week or going somewhere or doing some big show. And my friends every day, I'll be like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is too much. I'm so done. And they're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I get back and I'm like, I love it. I love my job. <laughs> because, you know, when I get there, when I get the costume on and when I hear the audience and I get on stage, it's like, we call it Dr. Footlights. Like the stage has this curative power and you find the energy, you know? And there's some nights where maybe you don't, you know? It's not perfect. Life is not perfect. You just have to find out what works for you. And I think the biggest lesson that I learned from having a child and keeping working is like, you can't hold on to these elements of the past that you, you want to recreate because it's not about recreation. It's about cultivation and just keeping, keeping moving and keeping moving upwards and just keeping around the prize. And I want her to see me work. I want her to see me make it work. And hopefully when she's older, it'll be a little bit easier and, and she can make it work even better. Of course. I feel like yeah. she's having the coolest childhood. I'm oh. just getting to do so many cool, fun things. Yeah, she definitely does. Um, I always tell her, I'm like, sis, I, I hope you realize that this is not normal. Most yeah. kids don't <laughs> get to experience this. You are really, really lucky. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I watched your Instagram live with your trainer, yes. which was super cool. And I've seen you really, you're really into weight training and your body is so strong. Like you, you. you're so muscular. So what is your fitness routine? Why do you love weight training so much? How much time do you give it? Can you just tell us all about it? Yeah, sure. I've been active my whole life. Obviously I grew up dancing. I've always worked out. I've always done fitness. Um, but it was after I had sis and I started to work out again and I was just I was so bored by it. I didn't want to do like Zumba. I mean, I love Zumba, but that's not all I wanted to do. It just wasn't working for me. Uh, So I started weight training and I just, I love it. I can't express how much I love it. Uh, First of all, I, I don't overuse the word empowering, but I found it to be so empowering to walk into the weight section and just like tear it up. Like I really get a thrill out of going in there and moving these big weights around, it feels so good. And it's so amazing to acknowledge how strong and wonderful our bodies can be. Like for me, it's all about being strong. You know, I want to be able to like, I always tell Sissy like, girl, if I have to carry you up a mountain, I'm carrying you up the mountain. You know, like I want to be able to meet any task that comes my way, you know? So it's, I just find it to be amazing. And I work out five days a week. I try to, it doesn't always happen. And what I'll do is I do 15 minutes on the um, stairs. I, I despise cardio. I hate cardio. Like, which is why I, unless I'm dancing, like that's totally different, but I can't do the treadmill. All I do is watch the clock. 
I can't do the elliptical. I just, I don't like repetitive motion. I need mm-hmm. to be uh, stimulated. So I just do the stairs for 15 minutes and then I just go and do the weights. And, you know, I, when I was training with Deshaun, I have to build back up now because of the pandemic, I built a little gym in my basement, but I couldn't go up to the full weight scale that I was at. I was like, I, I bench pressed, I think like 140, I think, which is pretty, pretty substantial. No, no, it wasn't. It was a 120. Um, and I could squat 225, like yes. big weights, deadlifting, like 175. It was amazing. So I'm building back up right now, but it just feels so good. It feels good to feel strong, you know, and it's great for your body. And you have your own workout videos. Is that right? Go, yeah. go aerobics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we like find those? Where oh, can we do yeah. those? They're so vintage. You know, <laughs> there's little clips on YouTube. There's, they're, they're so ridiculous it i'm dying workout but it's just you know it's that is my kind of that's my kind of yeah. workout and video i'm gonna find I it on youtube saw what i watched one on youtube it was so good oh I they're hilarious. they're really so fun good. and we taught classes that. in the city for years that would be packed like 50 people oh, it was hilarious oh my god that's so fun every that's once so in a fun. while i'll do a class during the pandemic i started doing them for free on instagram i would just pop on and do a, a workout and it was really fun Oh my God. I have to take a break and talk about how much I love plant people. Plant People makes doctor-formulated CBD and mushroom tinctures, gummies, serums, and lotion that will help you optimize your health. Personally, I'm obsessed with the Sleep Drops and the Soothe Restorative Body Balm. The Sleep Drops are a healthier alternative to melatonin to help you relax and fall asleep without feeling drowsy the next day. And the Soothe Balm is my go-to for sore, tired muscles and my secret weapon for dealing with cramps. So for 15% off your first Plant People order, use code OBSESSED at checkout or tap the Plant People link in the show notes for this episode. If you know me personally or if you listen to Obsessed with the Best, you know I love Beauty Counter. Tina and I have been using and loving Beauty Counter for years. Two of my biggest passions are clean beauty and supporting female-founded brands, and Beauty Counter checks both of those boxes. Clean beauty is not a trend. It's a movement, and it's here to stay, because as consumers, we're all way too smart to be putting harmful ingredients all over our skin if we don't have to. Beauty Counter is a safe and clean option that's here for all of your beauty needs. We're talking makeup, skincare, bath and body, hair care, masks and treatments, and they even have a men's line. Plus, we've tried countless beauty products at this point, and Beauty Counter continues to be the trusted brand that we just keep on coming back to because their products are just so good. They really, truly actually work. So we're sharing a special promotion just for the month of April 2022 for 30% off your first Beauty Counter purchase. Go to beautycounter.com slash obsessed and enter code CLEANFORALL30 at checkout. That's clean, F-O-R-A-L-L-3-0. And when they ask if you shopped with anyone, just tell them Obsessed with the Best sent you. That's beautycounter.com slash obsessed with code CLEANFORALL30 at checkout. If you don't have a pen to write this down, don't worry. You'll find all the details by scrolling to the bottom of the show notes for this episode. I'm also super Italian and I wanted to ask you, first of all, where in Italy is your family from? My family is from Umbria, which is the center of Italy, which is kind of rare uh, for people around these parts to originate from that part of Italy. But yeah, Yeah. right in the center, Umbria, uh, it's called the Valnerina. It's all these little valleys there that literally pretty much everybody from my mother and father's side is from there. My grandmother on my mother's side has a lot of family in Rome too. 
Oh, cool. My family's all south. It's Sicily and Calabria. Yeah, that's like full... so com- more common. It's like, yeah. it's very rare. We're like mountain people. Yeah, that's so interesting. Okay, yeah. I also learned that you worked there. Like you yeah. shoot, you shot it. What was that like? Oh, so much fun. What did I, you shoot? What were you working on? Yeah. I was in a television show called Lady Burlesque. And I did a couple other documentary projects over there. Um, I think it was probably around like 2010 to 2015. I was like in Italy. Italy so much I was just I was a frequent flyer in and out in and out multiple times a year but it was so much fun like oh I loved it and they the Italian people responded to me so amazingly they were like the original Italian I had a news headline there it said Angie Pontani all sex and spaghetti and that's <gasps> like the best press quote that I've ever had in my life that is the best. <laughs> yeah it's such a Sophia Loren oh. retro like oh my god I yeah definitely wear that with pride yes. I, I love that I was um stalking your website and I saw that your merch like you're you've got all these like awesome like I want the crop top that says oh, yeah, built, built by spaghetti, by spaghetti. <laughs> I'm like yes I know yeah <laughs> I love it Italy's amazing and the audiences there are amazing and I still have a lot of family there so when we would go I would go and visit everybody I, I hope that that picks back up because I loved, I loved working there. Yeah, I've only been there vi- visiting. So I can't imagine working there. It yeah. just must have been such a dream. It was amazing. And this is like, I love the Italian people. Like Italian Americans and Italians uh, have, I think, one critical difference. Like Italian Americans, at least in my family, the obsession is work. You just work. Everything is work. You wake up and you work, whether it's cleaning the house, um, bleaching the concrete, ironing clothes, sewing something. Everything is just driven to achieving this goal. Italians in Italy, and we relax, like we relax when we eat dinner, but it's still, everything is like, go, 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 go. You know, you're, you're measured by your hustle. I believe in Italian American culture. That's exactly Mm -hmm. true. My family is the exact same way. It's, it's definitely, uh, I strive to find that balance now because I, I adore my parents, but I would like to decrease my daughter's, um, like insanity about that because I still have it. And I check myself constantly. I'm like, you know what? You don't have to weed today. You can do it tomorrow. You don't have to scrub the steps. It's okay. You know, but in Italy, it's different. Like they achieve all these things, but at a much more relaxed Mm -hmm. and peaceful place. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like my favorite story of working in Italy is we were going to do a show. I was with my manager and I was like, you know, I know the show we have to be there in an hour, but I'm starving can we just stop? And like, I just want to like get a little something to eat, you know, and I'm not ready for the show. I'm like this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem. We go, we sit down, we eat like this three course meal. There's like every, all the food, wine. We're there for like two hours. And I'm like, guys, the doors are open. They're like, they can't do the show without you. It's okay. I'm like, yes, but I'm not okay with this. Like, I'm not okay. I'm going to have a heart attack. And they were like, you need to relax. And I did. I relaxed. We got there. I was late, but nobody cared. And we right. did the show. But I was like, That's... this would never happen in America. My phone oh, would be no. exploding. Everybody would be yelling at me. I this I would be yelling at me. Like I yeah. Yeah. Know, this is so there's annoying. also something to like East Coast Italian Americans too, with the time yes. and just the East Coast in general. It's yes. just very like we're up early morning. Okay, so you Grew up in New Jersey and now live in Brooklyn. Yes, right? I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey. Okay. Mm-hmm. In Chambersburg, which was a hardcore Italian enclave. And then I moved to Brooklyn at like, I think I came to New York at 17. I think by I was 18, I was in Brooklyn. 
God, that's so fun. Okay, well, Angie. Brooklyn reminds we- me of Trenton. It's very similar. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, Angie, before we let you go, we have a few rapid fire questions that we'd love mm-hmm. to shoot your way. You've dropped a lot of amazing advice gems throughout this whole episode. But what is, if you had to just say the best advice you've ever gotten, what would that uh, be? The best advice that I've ever gotten is, and this was in reference to when Sissy was a baby, like when it's in the middle of the night and she wakes up again and you want to scream and cry, open up the window and howl at the moon. And I love that because to me, it's just like, just you, some things you can't fight. So just howl at the moon. And I do. I howl at the moon now. Sissy and I actually literally howl at the moon. And it feels so good because you're just releasing that moment. <gasps> so when life gets crazy, how at the moon? It sounds very that. freeing. It is. Yes. My neighbors okay, think I'm insane, but. <laughs> <laughs> Screw them. They need to help. Sure. <laughs> okay. What is your current nighttime moisturizer that you're using right now? Um, my current nighttime moisturizer is from uh, Thomas Roth, I think. And it's like Hydra Quench. Yes. Yes. I love it. It feels nice. <laughs> yeah. What is the best thing that you're either reading or watching right now? What am I watching? I am watching. Um, oh, my God. Tyler Henry the medium I don't it's like connecting with the like he's a medium oh is this the new one on Netflix oh my god I can't remember what it's called but Tyler Henry's new Netflix show it's insane and I need him to be my new best friend oh my god I've seen clips of it and I haven't heard anyone talk about it so I'll I'll check it out I've watched it all in two nights crying yeah oh my god okay you have the coolest naturally curly hair so what are you doing what are you doing for it what's your curly hair routine what are your products well my i use the lust line which is the love yourselves love your curls line and it's this line from canada it's amazing it's woman run it's free of all the nasty business that you don't want in your head it's simplified all you need is the curl cream though i love all their other products but I think what most people need to know, especially like this kind, is the cut. It's all about the cut. And I just had mine cut at Weedad. I'm probably saying it wrong. Weedad. O-U-I-D-A-D in the city uh, by Justin. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. I've got like this nice layered, so it frees the curls. But it's all about just when that hair is sopping wet, pulling through your product, creating your groups gently squishing them up and then letting it live its life but i love the yeah, lust brand oh the cut that is cool yeah. it's yeah, really cool it's really mm-hmm. cool yeah because you yeah. know otherwise they get weighed down and i have like a triangle head so that's what i have yes. right now yeah, yeah. I, have I have that i have it right now yeah too. Yep. <laughs> i had it up until great. two weeks ago <laughs> great. great um is there a woman on social media or in your life or that is really in- inspiring you right now you know who inspires me train with joan on instagram she is a m- much older lady i think she's probably in her 70s And she has in the past 10 years completely transformed her health and her body through lifting weights. And she's literally looks like your grandma, except she can like deadlift 175 pounds. And I find her to be amazing. Train with Joan. Mm. Love. Yeah. That's so She's amazing. I I remember I used to take a yoga class. There was like a 90 year old woman in it and she would always show up in the coolest outfit. And I was always like, that's, that's what I want to be. Like, that's what I want to be. If you can't stop, it can't catch you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Okay, so where can we see you perform next? Like, what do you have coming up? I have coming up After Dark in Las Vegas at the Park MGM at the Nomad. That's my show with my husband. So we'll be there virtually all April. He'll be there all April. I'll be there April 21st through May 1st. And then we'll be back there quite a bit this summer. But that's After Dark at the Park MGM in Las Vegas. Amazing. 
And I was asking Angie, I was like, so in preparation for your show, like since you're not there till April, can you just like chill and hang out with your daughter? She's like, absolutely no, not. No, my it's... daughter's got her dance a class. Woman. She's got her recital <laughs> coming up. She has play dates with her friends. She has homework. So, you know, no. <laughs> so life does not stop when no, you have a show. It used to. It yes. was glorious, but no, it's a equally as glorious now, but it's just a different glory. <laughs> And where can we follow you? You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all of the above at, at Angie Pontani, A-N-G-I-E-P-O-N-T-A-N-I. Amazing. Angie, thank you so much for being thank here. You, You're Angie. the coolest. Oh, you guys, I'm sorry. I know I run at the mouth so much. No, no, we love it. <laughs> we could talk to you all day. Seriously, okay. we could. You're Literally so fascinating and oh, so good. fun. Excellent. And seriously, the next time you are you have a show in New York, Alex and I yeah, will we'll be there front row. Yes, absolutely. You know, yeah, things have been wait. a little yeah. slow to pick up here, but I think this summer we'll get back in the swing. But it was like the first one of shows that I had booked back at Joe's Pub for a week. We did two of them and then they all got canceled because of Omicron. Oh. So I'm just like, New York, come on, come on. So this summer. Yeah. We're so close. We're so, so close. Yeah, right. Great, well, we'll be Excellent. there. Excellent. Thank you both for having me. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Hosted on dimlywit.com.